Welcome. Welcome. A danger assessment of holy water. It's the Improbable Research Podcast. I'm Mark Abrams, editor of the magazine Annals of Improbable Research. This is all about research that makes people laugh, then think. If you like what you hear today, consider supporting us at our website, improbable.com. Now, here's biomedical researcher Chris Kotsipas and the holy water and the medical danger. What's the title of this uh, study? Holy Water, a risk factor for hospital-acquired infection by J.C. Rees and K.D. Allen from the UK. They say... A case of hospital-acquired infection due to Acetinobacter baumani in a Burns patient after exposure to holy water is described. Let me stop you after that first sentence. A case of hospital-acquired infection. People go into hospitals to get rid of infections. Sometimes the opposite happens. So people acquire infections in hospitals, and those are particularly bad because they're often resistant to antibiotics. And so you put sick people in the hospital and they get sicker. The infection they talk about here, they um, say it involves a particular kind of little tiny organism. Yes, an Acetinobacter baumani. Is that familiar to you? Absolutely not. Any guesses from the name about what, what kind of little creature it might be? Based on the fact that the name ends in Bacter, I'm going to say it's a bacterium. Okay. And that's about as much as I can decipher of this. And it's probably named after someone called Bauman. And this was uh, in a burn. So this was somebody who got burned and then went into the hospital. And in the hospital, they were exposed to holy water. Apparently. Okay. Onward, please. In order to assess the infection risk, 13 samples of holy water were cultured for bacteria, including Legionellae and yeasts. Viable bacterial counts ranged from 1.3 times 10 to the 3 to 3.8 times 10 to the 8 CFU per liter. Tell me a little about those numbers. Those are exponents. So that's 1.3 times 10 to the 3. That's 1,300. And 3.8 times 10 to the 8 is 38 million. 380 million. Yeah, it struck you as a, as, a, as a really wide range of, you know, from very little to very lot of stuff. That's, that's absolutely huge. That's many orders of magnitude. The mean is 10 to the 7. So there's, that's a lot of bugs. CFU is colony forming units per liter. So it's how many spots you get on a plate when you put something on it and culture it. Colony forming units per liter. Uh, onward. A wide range of bacterial species was isolated, including Pseudomonas aeruginosa, Enterobacter species, Escherichia coli, and Aeromonas hydrophilia. How many of those kinds of little creatures are old friends to you? Uh, none of them, because they all cause de- terrible diseases. So I don't think they're very friendly to anyone. Well, um, how many are, are known to you by reputation? I think I've heard of all of them. Um, they're all can cause pretty bad infections, especially in susceptible people like burns victims. Finish up the little summary they have here. Candida species were isolated from two samples, but Legionellae from none. Holy water would, therefore, seem to be a potential risk factor for hospital-acquired infection. Do you have any um, 
Speaking as a, a doctor and a biomedical researcher, do you have any experience in, in that realm with holy water? Speaking as the other kind of doctor, certainly not. We do not use it in my lab. Uh, it turns out it's quite hard to acquire, I would think, from most scientific organizations where we buy our chemicals. You say you don't use it in your lab. Do some of the other labs around you use it? I have not heard of its use. But you're not sure. You couldn't rule it out. Well, you can never prove a negative. They wrote this report, at least at the start, about one particular case here. They give some details. Could you present those to us? In May 1994, a 53-year-old man was admitted to the regional burns unit with 80% full thickness burns caused by drilling through an electrical cable. What is full thickness burns compared to any other kind of burns? I think that means that the entire skin has been burnt rather than just superficial, like the top layer of skin. It's burned all the way through. That sounds this sounds pretty, pretty nasty. bad. Yeah. yeah, this sounds really bad. And then the report says what happened to him next. On his 14th day, he developed pneumonia and clinically infected burns. Swabs of the burned areas of arms, buttock, and back, together with a tracheal aspirate, yielded A. Baumani susceptible only to. Amikacin, gentamicin, and imipenem. Penem. Imipenem. In a say it one more time. Imipenem. This is not in your standard little um, group of uh, remedies that you frequently turn to. This is not my standard at all. They then talk about the nurses. Nurses on the unit reported that in the days prior to his deterioration. Members of his family had repeatedly sprinkled him with holy water. A sample of the water was obtained and yielded 10 to the 8 CFU per liter of abomani with an and API profile. CFU per liter again means? Colony forming units. It's a measure little... of how many bugs there are in something. So he had been repeatedly sprinkled by family members with holy water. And then there were lots of little bugs that appeared in him. Yes, he was. I think what happened is that he was sprinkled with holy water and then he almost died okay, of an infection. Does, this does not sound like a happy story. The holy water may not have had the intended effect, I think, is the moral of the story here. There's a sentence uh, right beyond that that says it was uncertain whether the water was the source of the patient's infection or became contaminated as a result of its use. What does that mean? I think that means that the uh, authors are hedging their bets just in case, because formally they can't show that the holy water was contaminated before it was used. Mm -hmm. And so in some way, it is possible that sprinkling holy water, presumably at distance, sprinkling involves distance on someone, the bugs could have traveled backwards from the patient to the water and infected it. That's a fairly common form of um, hedging in science. If you can't absolutely show the cause, which one came first, mm -hmm. you just put a sentence in like that saying you're uncertain and it's a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Of course, this didn't happen. Sort of. It sounds like what you're describing is uh, in a distant way, a little bit like um, the science, the science, uh, the scientists equivalent of sprinkling holy water on a report. Quite. 
Have you ever sprinkled oh, holy water on any of your scientific reports? Chris? I have not, but I have sometimes felt that I should be granted an indulgence for some of them. Let's skip over to page 54 in this paper. In summary, many of the organisms isolated from holy water have the capacity to cause hospital-acquired infection, especially when applied in large numbers to open wounds, intravenous line sites, and eyes. Although such organisms have been described as causing disease and compromised in patients only, this is precisely the group on whom holy water is used. Does this sound like a healthy situation to you? This sounds like an avoidable risk to me. By doing what? By not sprinkling holy water on extremely ill people. How about sprinkling holy water on uh, mildly ill people? I think that's probably the sweet spot. Okay. And it about, will do least harm and most... How about sprinkling it on healthy people? Sure. That is a good idea. If you use it up on the mildly ill and healthy, there'll be less of it going around for the seriously ill people. Hmm. Now, you've only just seen this paper and skimmed through it, but based on your quick, limited experience with it, would you say that you've learned something from seeing this paper? Yes, I have learned two things. Yes? I have learned that people do very strange things and that they don't always take the most care with their miraculous herbs and spices. That sounds like pretty dirty holy water to me, and I don't think I would um, care to be anywhere close to it, no matter my health status. When you dipped into this study, did you get any feel for whether this um, degree of cleanliness in the holy water is unusual for holy water or typical of holy water? I have no idea. Any words of advice for anybody who might suddenly unexpectedly find themselves uh, in a hospital where somebody is about to apply holy water to them? Yes, autoclave at first. <laughs> okay, explain what an autoclave is. Uh, it's basically a pressure cooker and you put things in and they get sterilized. Presumably the holiness will resist dissipation under high pressure. It sounds like what you're really describing is make a cup of tea for the patient. Yeah. Yeah. You've been listening, if you've been listening, to a genuine episode of the Improbable Research Podcast. Biomedical researcher Chris Kotsipas joined us on today's brave plunge into the research literature. I invite you to subscribe to the magazine, The Annals of Improbable Research. Six new issues a year. Get yourself some back issues, too. Also, get lots of details about the Ig Nobel Prizes, upcoming events, what's in the magazine, and about how you can help and be part of it via our Patreon. All this at our website, improbable.com. It's possible that Seth Glicksman is the improbable production assistant. Next time on this podcast, we'll look at something or other. Until then... Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>